Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Tonight, I want to share a few thoughts around our theme. And if you'd like to take notes and have a title, our message title tonight is Discovering Your Life Purpose. Discovering Your Life Purpose. I wonder when you were a kid, however many years ago that was, what you wanted to be when you grew up. That's often a, a question we ask kids. Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wonder what you dreamt about. Maybe you wanted to be an astronaut or a scientist or maybe a movie star. Who knows? Maybe even a pastor. I wonder what you wanted to be. You didn't. Ro- you didn't, Rob. What happened? No. We'll, we'll, uh, we, we we all had dreams as kids, and some of those dreams became a reality, and we were very clear on what we wanted to be, who we wanted to be, and we went after it. It happened. For others of us, maybe it wasn't as clear, or maybe things changed along the way. I definitely wasn't sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. I had a friend across the road when I was uh, quite young, and he had lots of animals, and so I decided at that point I wanted to be a naturalist. And so it just sounded like a really cool title. And so I actually got a bit of a wood run in my backyard. I had a blue tongue lizard and a couple of long necked turtles, and I was going to be a naturalist. Well, that didn't last very long. A couple of them escaped, one of them died. And so. <laughs> That career ended very quickly. Uh, then I decided I wanted to be an architect, uh, and I was pretty good at three-dimensional drawing, uh, but my handwriting wasn't that neat, so that kind of didn't work out. And then I had this kind of dream of being a cabinet maker. In fact, in high school, I went and did some work experience at a cabinet making shop, and for a week, all I did was sweep up wood shavings, and so kind of lost the, the, the kind of um, the dream of being a cabinet maker. And so I ended up working in a number of jobs uh, through my study period. I worked as a building renovator, a book binder, was in the printing industry, did a bit of stuff in music, worked with youth, and eventually ended up in church leadership. And so maybe like me, maybe you have kind of been on a journey and you're still kind of discovering your life purpose. One thing I know about all of us in this room, those of you watching online, is we all have a longing, a desire to do something meaningful with our life. I've never met anyone whose goal in life was to be useless. No one wants to be useless. We all want to be useful. And I believe that that longing, that yearning, that desire to do something useful with our life, to make a contribution, to make the world a better place, is something that God himself put on the very core of the human DNA. God put that there, a desire to have a sense of purpose. And so as we reflect a bit tonight around discovering your life purpose, I want to suggest to you that we should actually begin with God, not with ourselves. To begin with the creator, not just the creation. In fact, I'd like to suggest to you that your purpose is not so much something you decide as something you discover. There's decisions involved, but it's more about discovery than decision-making. You might have heard this motivational statement uh, throughout your life, and it goes like this. You can be anything you want to be. Sounds really cool, doesn't it? Just not true. If you, don't, if you think it's true, just watch some of the talent shows. <laughs> and people get up and someone told them, some dear soul said, you're going to be a star one day. And then they sing and you go, nah. <laughs> you can't be anything you want to be, but you can be what you were created to be. 
And so your purpose is not so much something you decide as something that you discover, something that you discover from within you. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul had to say about this. Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God, starts with God. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it. Don't you love that? Uh, It's all about God and it's all about grace. That's good news in a society that's very performance orientated, all about what we can do and measuring up and being good enough and being better and uh, defeating the competition. No, no, Paul says, you know what? God saves us by his grace. It's a gift. It's not because of anything you've done. That's really good news. Then he goes on to say, but we are God's masterpiece. I love that word. Some translations say we are his workmanship or his handiwork. We are God's masterpiece. He has created or crafted or manufactured or fabricated us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things or the good works he planned for us long ago. That's an amazing verse. You are God's masterpiece. The Greek word is the word poema. It literally means work of art. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a work of art. Come on. Come on. Turn to your neighbor. You are a work of art. Stay with me. Don't say you're a piece of work. A work of art. Just think about that. Every one of you here today, whether you realize it or not, you are a masterpiece in the making. You are a work of art. God has begun a good work in you. He's not finished yet. How many know we should all have a little badge that says, please be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. We're not finished, but every one of us are a work of art. God is shaping us and creating us for something special. We've been created to do. Yes, we're saved by grace. Uh, The stuff we're doing is not to earn his favor or to earn our salvation, but we've been created, we've been shaped, we've been crafted to do some good things, some good works that God has uh, prepared for us in advance. If that's true, then there's a responsibility on you and I to do some reflecting on who we are. To actually have a look and say, what is God creating me to be? How has he crafted me? Look at the next verse in Galatians 6 verse 4 in the Message Bible. Make a careful exploration. Sounds a bit like archaeology, doesn't it? Do a little digging. Do a little examining. Make a careful exploration of who you are, not your neighbor, who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Isn't that fantastic? If you've been created uniquely for a special purpose, then it's on us to now do some exploration and say, God, who have you made me to be? 
And what have you created me to do? See, God knew you before you were born, and he planned you for a purpose. It's almost like you've been prepackaged, and you've got to open up and say, what's in my suitcase? What has God packed inside of me? And so I can begin to contribute and know my life purpose. About 20 years ago, uh, American pastor Rick Warren uh, came up with just a little simple acronym for describing the unique way God has created us. You might have heard it before. Um, and so let me just share it briefly with you onto the next slide. He uses the word shape, and every one of us have a unique shape. Everyone said amen. <laughs> We're not talking about your physical shape, tall, small, all different sizes. Uh, but you have a, a shape in the way God has equipped you for your life purpose. And there are five aspects to your shape and my shape. Let's just unpack these briefly today. First of all, letter S is we all have been given spiritual gifts. Every one of us have a set of special abilities that God has given you. And if you look at the New Testament, there are many lists, examples of the kinds of gifts that we have. We don't have them all, but we have at least one. Uh, some people have a word or a, a message of wisdom that they often receive, or a word of knowledge, or a gift of faith, or a gift of prophecy, or, or healing, or miracles, or discerning of atmospheres of spirits, speaking in and interpreting different languages. That's all in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, in Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4, we have gifts of serving, helping others, gifts of teaching, gifts of encouraging, gifts of giving, gifts of leading, gifts of showing mercy or administrating and organizing, or gifts of hospitality. How good did that food look on the video today? I'm hungry already. Uh, we've all got different gifts that God has given us. And your spiritual gift is not necessarily your ministry. It's like a tool. It's like a tool to help you carry out your life purpose. And so it's important that you discover, develop, and deploy those gifts for the benefit of others. That's the first part of your shape, letter S. Letter H is your heart. Uh, every one of us have a, a heart or a desire or passions for different things. And so it's good to ask yourself some questions. What do you care about? There's some stuff you don't care about, but what do you care about? It's really good to ask that question. What do you enjoy doing? What are you doing when time kind of stands still and you can just do it forever? What energizes you? What, what do you enjoy doing? What do you care about? They're really good questions to say, what, what's my heart? It's different than the person next to you, but you need to know yours. Here's another good question to discover your passion and your heart and your desires to say, what annoys you? <laughs> Probably a lot of things. What makes you angry? What makes you angry? Someone said everything up here. <laughs> you know, if something makes you angry or something annoys you, it could actually be an insight to the way God has shaped you. Think about it. If you get really annoyed by things that are disorganized and all over the place like a dog's breakfast, maybe you've got a gift of administration to help bring order into this chaotic world. Are you with me? If you get annoyed at boring, predictable stuff, maybe you've got a gift of creativity to help bring some design and color and freshness into our world. If you get really annoyed about injustice, guess what your gift may be? 
fighting for justice. Are, are you following me? Sometimes the stuff that makes you mad, you could be the very answer to the thing that's making you mad. So that's another way to reflect on how God's shaped you. What, it gets ex- what do you get excited about? Who are your heroes? Who do you admire the most and why do you admire them? Maybe that's the key to who you would like to be. Really important that we reflect on our spiritual gifts and our heart. Letter A is our abilities. We've all got different natural talents and skills. Some we were born with, some we inquired through training and education. But what are your strengths? Can't be good at everything, but you're good at something. What, what are your strengths? What are you good at? Where's your best contribution? Where can you be most effective? See, we're not all academic. We're not all musical. We're not all athletic. Uh, but we all have certain giftings. Maybe you're creative. Maybe you're good at planning. Maybe you're good at building stuff. Maybe you're good at organizing or team building. Or maybe you're good with money. Who'd like to be good with money? We're all good with something. Do you know what your abilities are? Let it be as our personality. We all have different personalities, the way God has wired us. And different is not wrong. It's just different. But if you don't understand yourself, then you won't be able to fulfill your life purpose. Some of us are introverts. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us like working with people. Some of us like working with things. Some of us are leaders. Some of us are managers. Some are pioneers. Some are settlers that like to kind of put things in order once we've kind of pioneered new ground. Some of us are linear thinkers. Some of us are random thinkers. You know, my wife and I are complementary but very different. If we're in the city and there's a grid set of uh, streets, you know, King William, Queen Elizabeth, I always know where I am in the city. Nicole gets lost in the city. Can you believe that? But if we go up into the Dandenongs where there's all windy roads, I am always lost. Nicole always knows where she is. It's very annoying. Yeah, it's just left here, honey. I've been around the mountain three times. We're just different. Some of you are linear. Some of you are random. You need to take time to explore the unique way that you have been made. And then letter E is our experience. Experience refers to everything in your past, positive and negative. Let me say this. Nothing is wasted in your life. Nothing is wasted in your life. Even your mistakes, even your failures, even your hurtful situations, everything contributes to making who you are today. Sometimes your pain ends up having a purpose in your life. Sometimes your mess becomes part of your life message. There's nothing that's wasted. There's nothing that's just extraneous. Everything is a part of who we are and contributes to our life purpose. And so... Discovering our life purpose begins with realizing you're unique, God designed you, and it's worth you reflecting on yourself and investing the time to discover how you were shaped. I raided our kitchen tonight, and I brought one of these. Anyone seen one of these? Anyone know what it is? Spoon, uh, more specifically? It's an ice cream scoop. And this is one of my favorite kitchen items. Do you remember the years when you get a big tub of ice cream out and you take the spoon and the spoon would bend? Do you remember those years? I wonder how many thousands of bent spoons 
filled the planet until someone invented the ice cream scoop. See, this baby doesn't bend. I'm into making sorbet at the moment. I, I got some great raspberry and uh, passion fruit sorbet recipes, and we had some last night. I love this. It never bends. See, this was shaped for a specific purpose. Now, there's a lot of things you could do with this. You could use this as a hammer. You could hammer a nail in with this. You could. Um, you could weed your garden with this. Like, like you could get in there and you could get the weeds out. You, you, you could. You could use this as a paperweight on your, on your desk to hold the paper down. There's a lot of things you could do with this, but it functions best when it's used for the purpose in which its designer had in mind. Are you following me? There's a lot of things you could do with your lives. There's a lot of things you could do. But you will be most effective and most joyful when you are doing what God created and shaped you to be. That's where the grace zone is. That's where the joy zone. That's where the fruit zone is. And when you realize, I, I could do a lot of things in my life, but when I live for that which God created me for, I'm most effective and most joyful. When you don't discover your shape, you end up being a square peg in a round hole. Anyone ever had that experience? Because when you're not doing what you're created to do, it's the opposite. It's actually frustrating, it's draining, it's annoying for you and other people. When you're doing something you're not gifted to do, no one wins because we're not operating in, in, uh, along with our life purpose and our life design. Another way to uh, express this as we talk about life purpose is the word mission. And if you could take what you care about as one circle... If you could take what you're good at as another circle, and then a third circle, the needs of the world, and if you could intersect all three of those circles, what you care about, what you're good at, and the needs of the world, in the middle you have your mission. That's your sweet spot. That's your zone. That's your life purpose. But it takes time and experimentation to discover your life purpose. Let's see what Peter had to say about life purpose. First Peter 4 verse 10, New Living Translation. God, notice where we begin. God has, not will, not might, God has already given each of you, not some of you, not a few of you, not the church staff, not Pastor Rob. Yes, yes, Pastor Rob, but... <laughs> God has, not will, not might, he has already given to each one of you, each one of you. He's given each one of you a gift, not all the gifts. <laughs> no one of you have all of them, but you've got at least one. God has given you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And now here's where we land this, use. Everyone say use. <laughs> it's one thing to know how you're shaped, one thing to know all your gifts, but... Use them well. The question is not, were you shaped for a purpose? The question is, are you living that out? Are you using those gifts to serve? To serve one another. And so as we take time to discover our shape, ultimately we've got to begin to use what God has given us for the benefit of others. This starts in the world that we live, in the society that we're all a part of. As on Monday, you guys uh, 
heading out to work or to school or you're in your neighborhood, your local community, your workplace, as we're at home, how many know the world should be a better place because you and I are there? Because we're making a contribution through the way God has shaped us. So it starts with serving our broader world. We've all got something to give. And although we're saved by grace, God wants a return on the investment he's made in our lives. But we also have a contribution to make in the church family. Right here, every Christian is a member of Christ's body and has a job to do. And the health and the growth of the church is dependent on everyone's contribution. Everyone is needed in the church, and there's no spiritual unemployment in the kingdom of heaven. There's no spiritual unemployment in the kingdom of heaven. Everyone is needed. And that's why this weekend at Bayside, we're giving a big shout out to all the volunteers because they are using their gifts to serve one another. Bayside would not be what it is today without everyone's contribution. You know, the church is a body, but a modern metaphor would be seeing the church as a team. A body has many members, a team has many members. Imagine going to a football game. I know football season's over, but let's say we're going to a game and it's the Saints versus the Demons. Who are we going for? Saints. The Saints. Good. <laughs> and so we get to the game. We've got our popcorn. We've got our, our pasty or pie and chips. And we hope the Saints can pull off a win today. And so uh, we sit down and we're ready to go. And the game starts. And the Saints send out their coach. And all the Saints players sit on the sideline. <laughs> and the coach is out there playing ruck. Playing ruck, and then coach is playing defense, and coach is kicking to himself, trying to mark. But there's so many demons, they're kicking goal after goal after goal, and the coach is doing his best, but he's alone. And all the players are going, Come on, coach, come on, coach, you can do it, coach. The coach is trying his hardest, but it's just not working. So eventually, the coach faints, and they carry the coach off in a stretcher, and they send out the assistant coach. And the assistant coach is out there playing in the goals, kicking handball into him or herself. But, but the demons are kicking out goal after goal after goal. And the Saints players are just going, come on, coach, you can do it. Now, if you went to a game like that, what would you think of the Saints? It's one option. But what would you think? Well, what a stupid team. If you're German, Dumkopf. But you know, many churches are just like that. Yeah. Not Bayside, but other churches. Yeah. Go to some churches, the pastor welcomes you at the door. Welcome. Gets the guitar. <laughs> leads a couple songs. Makes the announcements. Preaches their heart out. Prays for people. Catches people if necessary. <laughs> and then goes to the front door and says, thanks for coming. See you next week. And we wonder why pastors are burning out and the kingdom of God's not advancing. Thank God for halftime. <laughs> and we're in a spiritual halftime where pastors are realizing our job is not to do all the ministry. Remember, remember Moses? He was the first one-man band. He tried to do everything himself. Remember that? And he didn't have a nice church like Bayside. I mean, they were a grumbling, mumbling group. In fact, some days Moses wanted to kill them all. And Moses was going, no, Moses, no, Moses. Other days, God wanted to kill them all. 
And Moses is going, no, God, no, God. It's a good thing for Israel, God and Moses didn't have a bad day on the same day. Anyway, he was trying to do it all himself. And so pastors are realizing, my job, Pastor Rob's job, is not to do everything ourselves. And people like you are realizing, your job is not to sit and go, well done, well done. Just maybe if we can get everyone off the sidelines, onto the field and in the game, maybe we can turn this around in the second half of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Give Jesus a big clap. Amen. A little bit of a hesitant clap because I know some of you realize that clap's going to cost you something. It's like, I'm not sure I want to clap here. And so unless you're injured, which is okay, get healed, get well, your ministry is not sitting here on the sidelines cheering everyone else. You've got a job. You've got a role to contribute. And so today, maybe your response is, You've been sitting here for a while, and you go, oh, maybe I need to begin to serve. Or maybe you're a little burnt out. I don't know. Maybe you got a little disillusion. Maybe you got hurt in another church. Sometimes there's seasons where we just need to rest a little bit. But at some point, God wants you in the game, on the field. And so maybe this weekend is the time for you to join the team. Now, with all my comments about doing what we're shaped to do, some things you just do because we're family. You know, if you've got teenagers, I'm not expecting your teenager to hear this message and when you ask them to take out the rubbish, just go, you know, I'm not really shaped for that. <laughs> but like, like, that's not one of my passions. You know, clean your bedroom, look, look that's really not a gifting of mine. <laughs> there's some stuff you do, parents, are, uh, they're loving me now. Uh, there's some stuff you do just because it's family. And there's some jobs even in church where you just do them because they need to be done. We serve. And not every one of us are going to be prominent. Not every one of us are going to be up on stage. But every one of us are significant in the contribution that we make to the church. And so simple message today, just a few thoughts around discovering your life purpose. It's something we discover. And so maybe you're here today and you know your shape. You know your purpose and you're living it out. Uh, you don't have to wait till you die to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so if you, you're there and you're serving, you're on the field, we just want to celebrate you this weekend. Maybe for some of you, you know your gifts, but for some reason you're not using them. This isn't a guilt manipulation message, but it's motivating you to go, you've got a contribution to make, and the world will not be the same without you using how God has shaped you. And so we're just saying, hey, come on, join the team. Maybe opportunity hasn't come your way. Maybe you're in transition. Others are maybe on that journey of discovery. You're still figuring out who you are, what you want to be. I'd just say, have a go. Sometimes you find out what you're not good at. Okay? Just, just have a go. Get out there. Just experiment, explore. Just begin to serve. It's amazing when you're moving how God can direct you versus when you're standing still. And so take that step today to be all that God's called you to be. Everyone said amen. Let me pray for you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.